0: Alright everybody, it's Ryan David from NerdCognito. Just wanted to give a little preface this week. We fucked up. You see, when we were recording the episode, we changed our recording software midstream, And that was a mistake. The result was some pretty terrible audio that we, quite frankly, don't want you to have to suffer through. You may have seen on social media, we talked about not even releasing, but based on your feedback that was sent to nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com and the Nerdcognito hotline, we did clean up the audio for this week's Nerdy News, and we're going to release it to you as a nano-Nerd Cognito. We're asking for a little bit of grace and a little bit of forgiveness as you listen to this week's Nerdy News, so... With that in mind and an open mind, we hope you enjoy the chatter for this week. The news. You guys have been paying attention this week. There's big, big, big board game week huge board game week
1: what's going on in board games this week ryan
0: oh my goodness i got a ton of board game news for you and you notice i i had you pump the brakes on the talk about the betrayal at the house on the hill or at house on the hill i should say right because the third edition of betrayal at house on the hill was announced And it's supposed to be the upgrade that we've been asking for for about 10 fucking years.
1: Is this one going to include an app the way Mansions does?
0: Uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill, the campy horror board game set inside a haunted mansion, has long been a go-to title for introducing new players to modern board games. But the original is not without its flaws including droopy miniatures, delicate cardboard components, and a subset of rules that don't quite work. How about just a bad fucking gang design? (laughs) While the second edition smoothed out many of these issues, the newly formed team at Hasbro's Avalon Hill is doubling down on the franchise's popularity with an all-new edition. The new edition includes 50... 5-0, Five zero new haunts. Sequels to existing haunts. And everything has been streamlined to run more smoothly at the table.
1: Hmm. Now,
0: they really focused on theme, which I don't think is where the game was lacking.
1: Thematically, I thought it was always great. Like, you had those... You know, the, the text and things like that really brought kind of the atmosphere to it.
0: Right. When talking with the developers, quote, we felt that the house is really the main character of the story. And so getting a little deeper and fleshing that out, what does it look like, sound like, smell like, taste like? What kind of visuals aid that? If we could really build up the flavor more here, we want to give some of those foundational elements to players and build upon that going forward. Are we putting our efforts in the wrong bucket, gentlemen?
1: Huh. I I really don't know. What do you think, Mike?
2: I have no idea. I'm not even following what's going on with this game. I know nothing about it.
1: I've played it a lot, and, you know, thematically I do agree that the house is sort of the main element. You know, the characters depending on the haunts and the things that fall down, it totally changes sort of how the characters play at the end game, but I don't know that it matter. Like, I don't know that what I need is more description from the house. A uh, more of a less uh, or less of a random element might be more effective. Normally, once the haunt goes off and things or what do they call it? The I almost want to call it the tilt. Once the haunt goes off and things change, most of the time you wind up with a vastly sort of unbalanced end game.
0: And I think that that is one of the primary complaints. Nowhere in the article was that addressed. Hmm. I kind of think Avalon Hill is putting their hands over their ears and shouting, "La, la, la, can't hear you!" Uh, continuing quoting from the developers, we know that a lot from we know from a lot of our data that I think gamers are starting to get tired of collecting thatch wood and stone. They want a little more reason for being. They want a little more substance to their gameplay. And we want to be able to deliver that. Now, how about you deliver a less random and more strategic board game, you fucks. Betrayal at House on the Hill will retail for fifty-five ninety-nine, And it will debut April 1st in Europe and everywhere else in August. Well, that's 55 bucks that will stay in my wallet, gentlemen.
2: How many expansions do they have for that thing? That's one of the ones that is a ton, right?
0: No, there's one expansion for
2: it. Oh, okay. okay.
1: But they've had two printings so far, and this is the third edition of it, and they've made changes every time.
2: So it sounds like well, they have a big following. It's just that they're adding more content to it, so people must like it, right? To be fair,
0: the differences between the first and the second edition were entirely cosmetic and cost saving the first edition had tokens for everything literally spider had its own token in the second edition they streamlined things and just made some generic you know instead of spider and bat and rat and cat it was monster tokens and you thematically put them into whatever it is with the third edition, everything that I'm seeing in the preview video and in the preview photos is 100% cosmetic. Yeah. There's some nice miniatures that um, are unpainted. The originals were painted guys and I don't know. it, It just reeks of a cash grab to me. Speaking of grabbing that cash, With the resurgence of Ghostbusters, there is a new ghost toy coming out. I want you gentlemen to think back to the original film. What is the most memorable specter from that film for you?
1: From the original?
0: From Ghostbusters, yes.
1: For me, it was always... the the librarian because it was the first one you saw you know what i mean the first one that really stuck in my head was when they went to touch the librarian and it turned into that gigantic screaming monster that was the first thing that that always stuck with me when i was watching that movie
0: bert you are batting a thousand library lady is the toy that is coming soon no way. ...toys are teaming up to make a must-have toy drop. That is the Ghostbusters Library Lady. That's that's all I've got. It's the Library Lady. I think it is really cool. I'm going to throw a picture of the sculpt in the chat so that you guys can see it.
1: And, oh, okay, and... so pre-transformation then.
2: Well, she looks like she's pretty transformed. Is she grabbing her own tits in that third picture?
0: That... That's exactly what I thought, too. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know,
0: hey, these t- <laughs> might be 900 years old, but they can still cut some glass if I just tweak them the right way.
1: Um, you guys, I think she's supposed to be holding a book with the way her hands are, but.
0: I would suspect that that is supposed to be for a book. But the photograph is really bad.
1: <laughs> it is. It is not. I mean, it's obviously just a character rendering. Like, it's not an official, like, photo of of anything. So, anything could be going there. It's just just like a model mock-up, almost.
0: Well, right now, what's going there are high beams. (laughs) You guys.
1: Oh, man.
0: But, yes, Library Lady is coming soon. Back to the board game world. The Umbrella Academy board game is launching on Kickstarter.
1: Did you guys watch the Umbrella Academy? I did
2: not.
0: Mike, did you watch the Umbrella Academy?
2: I did. I I think there's, what, maybe two seasons? I'm not sure if I made it through the whole second season or not. But I do remember watching that. My favorite character was the little kid in the business suit who was able to, like, time travel.
0: Well, you can now play as that little kid, uh... We know that the world can't get enough of superheroes, and why the hell not? The Umbrella Academy, the board game, brings to life the graphic novel of the same name. One to five players will be able to save the world as one of the siblings.
1: Yeah. I mean, any superhero property is still better than the boys, so... (laughs) You hate
2: the boys. Oh, I do. (laughs) I thought it was pretty good, actually. (laughs) Very, very strange. But uh, I don't know. It was entertaining watching that. The, ba- the uh, bad I, Superman or whatever the fuck his name is.
0: I still haven't seen it, but Bert puts me off of it. People tell me I gotta watch it. I don't know. There's there's just so many things that are stacked up that I need to watch that I I can't figure out. Uh, and,
1: and yet, somehow, you still find time to watch the original Iron Chef Japan.
0: <laughs> of course, that's. That's a time killer. That is, you know, the kid and I are playing something and it's on the TV. I'm not actively making a time to watch Iron Chef Japan. Oh, anyway. <laughs> the Umbrella Academy Kickstarter version. There's only one pledge level. It's 100 bucks. It gets you the core game. An upgraded miniatures set. And, of course, they are... Uh, Exclusive to Kickstarter and two villain extent expansions and two additional young hero miniatures. If you want to hold off and see if it gets a retail release, the retail release will be 67 bucks. What a weird price point that had to be translated from euros.
1: Yeah. That's gotta be monetary conversion there. Cause that's a really weird MSRP
0: and it will retail in 2023. So if you back it, you're expected to get your copy of the game around June of next year. Add six months on to that for the retail release and you're looking at holiday 2023. Come on, guys. Quit kickstarting shit. (laughs) (laughs) Sink or swim. Well, this one's for Mike. Your Elden Ring save. How sad would you be if it desynced
2: from the steam cloud. I have it on Xbox thankfully. <laughs> so, hopefully that's not an issue, but I would I, I probably would throw a controller through my TV and then I would probably never play it again.
0: Bandai Namco has recognized that there is an issue that causes Elden Ring to quote under certain circumstances. Unquote. Fail to save to the steam cloud.
2: Just for, uh, just as an example, <laughs> you know how the game works, right? If you die, you leave all your shit there, and then you have to go retrieve it. If you die before you retrieve it, you lose it forever. That's how the game works. So. Well, that, that would suck. Yeah, it's bad. But here's the, like, so I, you know, anything, die, okay, I died to, you know, people killing me, whatever, great, fine, thank you. Now I gotta go get it. As I'm going to get it, I forget that I didn't pull the switch for the the elevator, and I just ran right off the elevator shaft and died. So right off the bat, you died twice. I just lose all my shit because I jumped off an elevator shaft. That right there is the most frustrating death in that game, and it's happened to me three or four times.
0: You're still not selling this game to me,
2: man. Oh, man, so frustrating. Oh, Dude, that I mean, that's such a minor part of the game. I mean, the game itself is fucking amazing.
0: Well... I would be playing it on Steam. And apparently, uh, they're recommending that you do not save to the cloud. And only save locally, because something is happening with the cloud sync. And if you're not really keen when you start up the game to make sure that everything is synced, bye-bye
2: progress. Be Brutal. Just like any game. Any RPG type of game, that would be brutal. What could be more appropriate? for a Souls game. Yeah, right? It's probably baked (laughs) into their code. Yeah, not only...
1: It's a new thing. Like, not only did you die or you failed, now your save failed as well.
2: Well.
0: (sighs) Never, ever, ever to recover that progress. Some progress that was recovered. There was a lost Dungeons & Dragons adventure that just never got finished. About 25 years ago, because it was a Dark Sun adventure.
1: Oh, I love Dark Sun. That was my favorite campaign setting of all time.
0: Well, a 25-year-old abandoned D&D adventure has been completed and released by a group of very dedicated fans. The Emissary takes place in the Dark Sun campaign world. It was an unfinished work of Dark Sun co-creator Tim Brown. He left TSR, and TSR pulled the plug on Dark Sun, and that was the end of that setting.
1: Did you guys play Dark Sun at all back in the day?
0: I sure did. I sure did play some Dark Sun. Not a lot. I think I played one or two campaigns of Dark Sun.
1: Uh, I, I played—I must have played half a dozen campaigns of Dark Sun. Dark Sun and Planescapes were kind of where I cut my teeth for uh, DMing for the first time, was in the Dark Sun world.
0: My first DM experience was with Spelljammer. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I learned the hard way. <laughs> anyway, the Emissary is a spiritual successor to another abandoned Dark Sun adventure that was completed by the community, Dregoth Ascending. If you're still playing old school 2ER Dark Sun there is a new adventure that wizards gave their blessing to this community group to release. I've been really shitty when it comes to scrutinizing wizards lately, but that's a cool thing to do. They know that it's a dead property. They've already said they're not going to revise it. They're going to let the fans have
1: it. That is kind of awesome because technically it's still their intellectual property. They could, you know, kick up a huge stink about this, but some if somebody's playing a game that's 25 years old and still enjoying it, let them have it.
0: Well, you can pick up, I can't even say you can pick up, you can go download it. They've released it for free on their website. And if you want to check out old Dark Sun stuff, you can always download, that's Wizards Avenue, to distribution of the old AD&D Dark Sun materials on drive through RPG. So if you're interested in playing in a world where I don't even know how to begin to describe dark sun in one phrase, that's pithy.
1: (laughs) I mean, the, the best thing that I could think of is, you know, uh, the, if you want uh, survival in a harsh and unforgiving desert landscape, dark sun is definitely the way to go.
0: I mean come on metal is scarce in Dark Sun. So when you find a sword you're jumping for joy.
1: Oh no you had a sword it was just made out of bone or stone or <laughs> you know, when you find a metal sword you're like celebrating all day you're rich as Midas.
0: Dark Sun if I had to to put one word on it brutal.
1: Absolutely.
0: Brutal campaign setting. Lots of fun, but brutal. It's up there with uh, Savage Worlds.
1: But it did have some of the most interesting player characters. You could be insect races. You could be half giants. Like, they really kind of ran the gambit with, uh, you know, when I first saw it, it almost reminded me of, like, uh, like one of those 50s, like, mutant movies, like, you know, after the bomb because the player races were so, like, out, out of the box, like, We're just so bizarre compared to any regular fantasy setting.
0: Mike, what was your favorite AD&D alternate
2: campaign setting? Oh, see, when I played, I really didn't use any of the campaign settings. My buddy just did all homebrew from all of his books. I wouldn't say that we actually had a setting. I mean, I think I guess I'd have to just relate it to um, the typical one. What is it, like Dragonlance or something? I don't even know, but it wasn't anything like that. Wasn't deserts, it wasn't like underworld, it wasn't anything like that. So I think it was just pretty much homebrew, typical setting. So,
0: so nothing to, to pull out of the of the of a campaign world. It was his oh good good on him. That that was good.
2: Oh yeah, he I mean he had so many materials. I mean he had just my favorite thing that he pulled out was, like, crit tables he would have. Like, oh, if you rolled a certain die, like, oh, you cut off your fucking arm or some shit. It's like, holy shit, bro. How am I supposed to play?
0: Well, it sounds out like he pulled out the works. Speaking of pulling out, Brandy Braids, Michael. Is she really coming up again? She's coming and coming up again. Um, Actually, she's not. Brandy Braids has mysteriously pulled her channel
2: from Pornhub. Have no way! Is that in the news, or are you saying that based on you trying to locate her and it's not coming up?
0: <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> There's not per se a news article, but it's news.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is unfortunate. Yeah, it's they're... news
1: that Mike's. It's news that. Ryan's been sitting on because you haven't
2: been <laughs> I'm going to look her up right now.
0: I have been sitting on this for you to come in for weeks. <laughs> but Brandy Braids is off of the
2: hub. now. Are not did, kidding. kidding. Yeah, no, she's not on here.
0: I didn't do any investigative journalism for this one. If you want to scour her Twitter or her social media and see why and where she went or if she's just gone. She made her money and
2: she's out. Uh, I think it would make for an interesting segment. But I'll leave that one up to you, Mike. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not that interested. There's always another one. Maybe her and her uh, boy broke up and they had some I, they had some agreement. Who knows?
0: You know, she she was pretty dreamy.
2: I did like Brandy Braids.
0: Well you'll just have to close your eyes and remember her because
2: Eh, it's on the internet. It's there.
0: I'm sure it's on the internet. I'm sure it's on the internet, but there probably is not going to be any new content. If she pulled her channel.
1: Yeah.
0: Last but not least, another board game announcement. The dead by daylight board
2: game has been announced. Doug is going to be all over that.
0: Oh, he's already all over it. I I don't know if you saw, but he posted in our private group about about this board game. There are already some pre-production copies that are hitting reviewers, and uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a board game adaptation of the multiplayer survival horror video game. One player is a killer. The other players are the survivors. And uh, you try to restart generators to escape. Uh, It's brought by the same publisher that has done a lot of other video game translations. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, They translated Shovel Knight, which I don't remember any buzz about that board game. And I do remember buzz about the video game. And they also did get the license to Street Fighter. And translated it to a card fighting series, but that's probably why it passed me by, because I'm not really looking to do a card battler right now.
1: There are, and card battlers have never been really strong in our group. Like, we've played one or two, like, there are a couple of deck building games I remember us playing, but a card battler isn't something we normally jump into as a group of guys sitting around to play board games.
0: No, no, for, for sure. The, the Dead by Daylight board game will have interesting and unique sculpted miniatures. The Kickstarter version will have special Kickstarter-exclusive hooks that you can hang the miniatures on. <laughs> <laughs> Good. How ridiculous. Uh, no licensed characters will be in the board game. So there's no Michael Myers, no Freddy, no Jason, no Pyramid Head. Uh, It's only going to be the original, and by original, I mean original intellectual properties that came with the board game, or that came with the video game. Uh, That kind of takes a little bit away from the experience. I mean, part of the fun of the game, because God knows it's not that community. Uh, That community is fucking toxic. Uh, But part of the fun is playing your favorite movie slasher, right?
1: Right, absolutely. I mean, they just added uh, the the girl from The Ring, right?
0: Samara should be coming soon. I'm not really a player because of that fucking toxic community. But uh, we do have a pretty dedicated Dead by Daylight player in our group. And I'm sure...
2: When when she releases, he will tell us. Well, yeah, I mean that's and all the DLC is them releasing, you know, a new uh, monster. So none of those things are in it. I wonder how many people would still be playing that game.
0: I don't know. The one thing that that sort of has me gun shy with this one is a lot of the slasher board games that have been produced before. Are good, but not great there's not one that stands out in my brain as an amazing horror slasher board game, and I want there to be because that's a genre that I'm be all over. It just doesn't exist
1: right the really clay
0: is one I can think of um what would be some other ones?
1: There are a couple of Jack the Ripper-themed uh, board games that might fall into that genre, but they're not, uh, they're not kind of what you would think of with slasher horror, though.
0: No, that'd be, that'd be more like Whitechapel and, and, and that ilk, where it's more hidden movement as opposed to someone going out and killing somebody. Yeah, Camp Grizzly is the one that really jumps out in my brain. I know that there's another one that has a big, long title and it's it's just evaporated.
1: As a horror fan, I mean, I always wanted to see some more horror properties come up as board games. Like, as a as an old-school horror fan, I think Hellraiser has a bunch of excellent opportunities to make an interesting board game, but nobody's ever done anything with the property. Well,
0: you know, that's another one of the licensed villains that won't be showing up in this board game. I don't know that we closed the door on it, Because I'm sure if the board game is exceptional, they'll be able to approach some of the license holders and say, look, uh, we can make some money on an expansion here. But right now, there are no plans, and that is confirmed by the developer for any of the licensed slashers to make an appearance. That slashes my interest in it. And that slashes our news for this week.